On Sundays, when I'm talking football, I like to play this game called Dudes and Ballers. And I'll explain the rules. The rules are, my my next guest, I, I give him a name, and he pretty much tells me if this player is a dude, if he's, you know, just another name, if he's another dude wearing a hat and pads, or if he's a baller, is he going to stand out? Is he going to perform? Is he going to be a guy that gets it done on the field? And that guest, you may have seen him in Steelers coverage on WPXI. You may read his work on DK Pittsburgh Sports because he covers both the Steelers and Pitt. You may have heard his work on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Kind of reminds me of me. Does a little bit of everything. And oh yeah, by the way, PPS gang gang. Chris Carter joins me right now on 93.7 The Fan. Chris, good morning, brother. Good morning, sir. I am Wonder Chris, and I'd like to say hello to the black, to the white, and the brown, the cripple, and yellow. Uh, oh, man. You, can't, you brought me in on, on Rapper's Delight. I had to get excited. My man. That's why I appreciate you. You, you, you get it. <laughs> All right, Chris, let's get into it. We got nine picks to talk about. We're going to play dudes and ballers. Let's start with – we start with number one with the bullet. First round, 24th overall, Najee Harris running back from Alabama. Dude or baller? Baller alert. This is Najee Harris, man. This was the best running back on the board, the best running back of the class. This is an immediate impact type of guy. And not just not just on the field, but it seems like really in the locker room. Like, honestly – I was well aware that this guy was a super team dude, that he drove nine hours to see his, 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 his guys do his guys to Alabama performing their pro days and he wasn't even performing. Like, I, I knew all about that. I did not know about the homeless shelter and how he did, how he, he, he has his draft party at the homeless shelter that he grew up in. Like, man, that, that hits me in all the fields. And on, on top of that, like, I, you get this sense when listening to this guy, he gets it, he gets football, he gets life. And he is coming. He's coming with a, with a good head on his shoulders. You need like he comes off like a leader, like a guy that's going to come into this locker room, understand what a system is like, and usually that's what you get from the Alabama guy. Like Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, he came in. He was a super leader, Alabama, but he didn't come in, you know, swing around and saying, "Oh, you know, trying to take over the Steelers locker room." He understands it, and now he's the All Pro guy. So now he can take take it over, but he's being doing it as a natural leader. That's something that Najee Harris is going to bring, on top of the fact that he has the best vision of this class, on top of the fact that he's, he may be the best receiving back of these guys, on top of the fact that he can protect Ben Roethlisberger in the backfield. He does all the things, Josh. That's a baller alert right there. All right, let's keep it rolling. Round two, 55th overall, tight end Pat Fryermuth, Penn State. Chris, dude or baller? So, okay, I say half baller right now. I think I, I said this before when we did this pre-draft. So that's why I'm yes. trying to stay consistent here. Because as a receiving tight end, this guy's a baller. Like he's 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 your prototypical like go down the field, go get go get go catch the ball, run over some guys, stiff arm some guys. Like all that, he's bringing it. So like on the aspect that after Eric Ebron's contract is done this year, they have a new guy who's going to be able to carry the torch at tight end, at least athletically. You know, we gotta see if he puts them together in the NFL. Where the half-dude part works in is he wasn't asked to block much at Penn State because he was their best pass catcher. So we don't know. Like, we assume, you know, like with a, a couple clips here and there that, oh, man, maybe he needs to work on his blocking. But we don't know what it would be like if he gets to camp and he's tasked with, hey, for the next month, just work on blocking, dude. Just beat, beat this guy right here. Make sure he doesn't get around you. Or we're in the run game. Make sure you blow this, this, uh, this offensive uh, – this, uh, excuse me, this outside linebacker off the ball or this defensive end. Make sure you combo block and get to the second level. 
if he if he's able to put that together, he will be an absolute baller because the profile, the things that I studied when I was looking at his game tape, the he, he's definitely a receiving threat that will be challenging uh, linebackers and safeties all over the field, and he can line up in different ways. I really also like what he's going to. It's like the idea of lining him and Ebron up at the same time on the field. The Steelers have an extremely diverse of weapons for Ben Roethlisberger to throw to, and. I think that'll help whenever who comes after Ben Roethlisberger. They can come in and it's like, hey, you still got an extremely diverse set of weapons. Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports, covers the Steelers. And Pitt joins me right now on 93.7 The Fan. We are playing dudes and ballers with all the Steelers draft picks. Round three, 87th overall, Kendrick Green, interior lineman from Illinois. Chris, dude or baller? I do the baller, man. He's a Q-dog, too. So if I didn't say he was a baller, they'd be playing atomic dog and stomping all over the yard on his Um uh, but uh, but no, yeah. In all seriousness, Kendrick Green was a guy I, I wrote about in my Carter's classroom column as like a hey, if you don't get the Creed Humphreys, you know the Landon Dickerson, this is a guy you could probably get sneak in and get because he only played three games at center, but he looked really good in doing it because he was mostly a guard. But one thing that people need to understand is that yes, that's a different position. You know, he was snapping and you got to do a few things, but a lot of the fundamentals, the footwork, the the, the center of gravity, the leverage battles, the hand battles. They're they're similar. They're so similar in nature that it makes you to flip over. You know, and I, I'd say it's easier for a center to convert to guards and vice versa. But the times that we've seen Kendrick Dean, he looks really good. And the thing is that when when we when we talked to Adrian Clement, I was asking him, hey, like, like, you know, what about you know what about his run blocking? You know, excites you? He's like, this guy is mean and nasty. He has a nasty demeanor. That was that was the first thing that Adrian Clement was talking about. The Steelers' new offensive line coach and. That, to me, is what makes them a baller, that they need road graders. They need guys who are going to beat people up in the trenches to open up the holes and change the tone of how the Steelers' offensive line is played. Because more lately, they've been more passive. They've been more pass-blocking. They've been more, hey, let's just make sure that Ben's not going to get hurt. Now I think they're saying, you know what, let us set the tone at the line of scrimmage. So that was what that kind of a pick is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say he's a baller. Let's keep rolling because they have another offensive lineman with the very next pick in the fourth round. Kind of a similar profile, and he said this himself. Dan Moore, offensive tackle, Texas A&M. He went at 128 overall. Dude or baller, Chris? I say he's a dude, but I say they got really good value for this dude. Now, here's the thing. He is, he is very similar in that he's more of a road grader than, than a pass blocker. I, the only thing is that I, when, I watch, when I watch his tape, uh, I, I see... I see him not bury people enough. Now, one thing that, that Adrian Clem said is that, you know what, you see, like, we asked him about that. And he was like, well, you know what, sometimes it's about what Texas A&M or what the school asks of you. And that's a very good point because you go, you go to that school and you're like, okay, maybe that he had to do more protection work and maybe he wasn't asked to, to just fire off and crush people and more so he was because he was the left tackle. And often the left tackle is the safety valve for the quarterback. So, there could, it could be that he gets to he gets to Steelers camp and Adrian Clem's like, hey man, take off take off the shackles, just go beat up people, and he he becomes a baller. But right now, I'm just saying, dude, just because we got to be fair and we got to go off the tape. But I think that he has really good potential. And I'll say this, Chakumon Corfor, who I, I really like and I think he has great footwork. But I've I've said this since since I saw his tape at Western Michigan. This guy needs to be able to turn on the nasty. He doesn't. He doesn't have uh, the, the kill factor that that you want to see out of out of a, an offensive lineman. Like the way David David DeCastro will be burying linebackers twenty yards downfield and like crushing them in their souls. That's something the core four doesn't have yet. 
if Dan Moore Jr. comes in and he has that, I think that could end up pushing core for him. Maybe that helps him unlock whatever side Adrian Clem needs to get out of him to make him the complete offensive tackle the Steelers hoped he could be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Staying in the fourth round and also staying in College Station, another Texas A&M guy, Buddy Johnson, inside linebacker, dude or baller, Chris? I'm saying a sneaky baller because you look you look at this, he's like, okay, he's a tackler, he's big, cool, cool, cool. But when you look at his pro day numbers, which I think kind of just went by the went by the way, I think people didn't see it enough. Um, you see, oh wait a minute, this guy ran in the four fives. This this guy this guy had a great shuttle time. Because like when I go to I go to like Stathead and I, I go to combine or combine results, which this year were all pro day results, and I'm looking at the numbers and I'm searching up linebacker. He didn't come up, and I'm like, okay, that's interesting. But then when I put put in his numbers, I was like, oh, he's a top five forty time for all linebackers this year. He's a top five shuttle time for all for for all, for all linebackers this year. Um, and I wasn't the three cone. There was one more. Oh no, I think it was the broad jump. He was top five as well. So he was ranking up there. I think his shuttle time was better than Michael Parsons. And Michael, hmm. Michael Parsons, that dude's all the way a baller. So I look at that, and I looked at how physical he was on tape. He's going to be the downhill, hitting, aggressive linebacker next to Devin Bush, which is what, what I've been saying was, like, you know, people who wanted Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, listen, that dude is fast. He's going to fly over the field. But the problem with him is that he doesn't have the experience engaging with offensive linemen at the point of attack disengaging with them and finding a way to keep his, his buddies clean as well as making the play when a blocker gets to him. Buddy Johnson does have that experience. He did all, all his career in the SEC where he led Texas A&M in tackles, tackles for loss, and forced fumbles. That's, a, um, you know, that, that's where I think. Now, again, he, he doesn't have as much experience in coverage. I think he's fast enough to do it. He did have an interception this last year. Um, so he still has to work on that. But that's why I call him a sneaky baller, because I think he could be a great compliment to Devin Bush. Got a few minutes left here with Chris Carter. DK Pittsburgh Sports covers the Steelers and Pitt. We're bringing out all nine draft picks. Fifth-round pick, Isaiah Loudermilk, Wisconsin defensive lineman. Dude or a baller, Chris? I'm saying dude right now because I, I like the versatility. Like He didn't really find a role for Wisconsin. He was all over. He was zero technique, three technique, five technique. He was all over the place. They kept moving around, and he looked like a decent, you know, guy against the run, but not a complete pass rusher. And he has certainly has potential. His, his thing, he's huge. He's like six seven, you know, two ninety. So he's good. He's humongous, and he he has the size that you want. But you still gotta flesh out the the toughness in him. But the the size is what the Steelers and Carl Dunbar was like. Look, that man's good. that man's gonna gonna produce. Keith Butler even said he's a little Cam Hayward. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, that's saying some strong stuff there. So, right. Um, you know, so I was like, that's interesting. But for now, Isaiah, Isaiah Loudermill, he's a, he's a dude. But I, I wouldn't put it past him to, to, to pick up on some things. What I think this really does, Josh, is it tells the Isaiah Bugses, the Carlos Davises, and all the guys that are at the bottom of that defensive line depth chart, it says you are on notice. 
if you if there's this this guy's coming here, if he take if he takes a spot, that's gonna bump everyone down, and one of y'all is gonna be gone by the end of the year. So I, I think that's gonna be an interesting battle now. All right, let's keep it going. Sixth round. This is a guy that intrigues me. Quincy Roche, edge rusher from Miami. Dude or baller? I'm glad you said Roche because I I, I keep hearing Roche and I'm like, come on, guys. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I I think he has the potential to be a baller. I'm not calling him a baller right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna limit myself from saying that. But this is a guy who had 30 sacks in his over or 30 and a half sacks in his career. And he, one thing I love, I love about Quincy Roche is when you watch him work off the edge, he has all these different pass rush moves. He can beat you to the inside shoulder. He can rip through your outside shoulder. He can set you up with, it with quick explosiveness. That's, that's something that this guy does. He has violent hands, and he's always working against you. Um, so I, I think the problem for him is that he played on a defense where you had Gregory Rousseau and all these other guys. You're like, oh, man. This defense has got all these other edge rushers, so he kind of fell to the, to the third on that list. But I, I agree with the assessment because Keith Butler, when I asked him, I asked him, "Hey, what value did you guys assign him, and where did you guys think he would go?" Like we thought he'd go in the third round. And so for us, when he was sitting there in the sixth after we got our other priorities straight, we said, well, "We got it. We got to get this guy." So hmm. I, I think that he could end up being a baller as a, as the, as the Steelers' backup edge rusher behind Highsmith and Watt. Um, I still think Highsmith is going to have a really good sophomore season. Um, but if this guy comes in and he gives you some good snaps off the edge, that, uh, you know, that, that's really what you're looking for. Get your guys some breathers. And I, I do think he can do that. All right, seventh-round picks, there's two of them. One of them, Trey Norwood, 245th overall. Defensive back from Oklahoma. Mike Tomlin called him a Swiss Army knife. But is he a dude or a baller, Chris? He's a dude right now, but, man, he's a baller when that ball's in the air. Because he led, he led the Big 12 with five interceptions. I, believe that was, I think he was, what, third or some, somewhere, he was somewhere up in the country. I forget where he ranked nationally. But this was a guy, when the, ball came, when the ball was around him, he found a way to get to it. Now, he's six foot, so he's a little bit taller, but he's lighter. He's not gonna, one thing is, I, when I looked at his tape, and this is why I don't call him a baller, is because when, when, he, when he lines up in the slot, like you, when you saw Mike Hilton, Mike Hilton found a way to get active against the run. Even if, even if there was a tight end that came to block him, even if someone got in his way, Mike Hilton would get physical, use his strength, use leverage. He would find a way to blow up the run. That part isn't Trey Norwood yet. He still has to work on it. But he, is, he has what Mike, Mike Hilton didn't have in that he is a cover guy who can make plays on the ball pretty quickly. Um, so that will be interesting to see his transition. And one thing I point out, because a lot of people were screaming, why aren't they going after slot cornerback? And you know, I, I thought that they could go after slot cornerback earlier. I thought that that might have been something to look at. But you have to remember, Mike Hilton, the slot, slot cornerback everyone's been raving about losing, was undrafted. And they brought him mm-hmm. in to fill in that spot, and it worked out. So I think the Steelers are like, look, we're, we're going to address all these other positions, and then we'll get the slot later. And uh, you know, they got at least an athletic guy who's going to be able to attack the ball. So that's going to be interesting to see. All right, let's round it out here. And I saved this one because Pink Dante on Twitter <laughs> wanted to know how we felt about Presley Harvin the third, the punter out of Georgia Tech. Chris, dude or a baller? I did that dude. That dude's a baller. <laughs> Presley Harvin, 5'11", 260. He speaks to my heart. Um, he, this, 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 he's, the first, he's the first black punter, the only black punter ever to win the Ray Guy Award for best punter in the country uh, in, college, in college football. 
listen, when I was watching Pitt play, and I was watching him punt the ball, you know, Pitt was crushing Georgia Tech. But the one thing Georgia Tech had was this punter. And I'm like, who is this guy? Because he's big, he's thick, he's ridiculous. And then you look up his tape and you see him throwing touchdown passes out of the punt formation. I'm intrigued, man. He, he averaged 48 yards a punt, and plenty of those times. He got good hang time. He angled it towards the sideline. Like, he seemed to understand, not just and not just understand situational punting, but understand how to work the situational punting to make it tougher on the opposing returners. That's where I see real value for this guy in the seventh round. Everyone's been clamoring for, hey, we need to get rid of Jordan Berry. We need to get rid of this. This guy might just do that because he's going to be the guy that, that comes in with a young leg, could boom it. And again, I, I, I just, I'm sorry. I like the big guys. As always, Chris, you break it down to the ground. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Josh. You take care, man. Chris Carter. Follow him on Twitter, Carter Critique.